Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, good evening, everyone. God bless you. Welcome. If you're a first-time guest, you are in the right place tonight. Amen. Um, you can go on ahead and stand for the reading of tonight's word. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord another shout of praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. We love you, Lord. It's all about you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Tonight we're going to be turning to Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 2 through 11. And say amen when you have it. Amen. All right. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What profit had the man of all his labor which he taketh under the sun? One generation passes away, and another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. The sun also, also rises, and the sun goes down, and hasteth to its place where he arose. The wind goeth toward the south, and turneth about unto the north. It whirleth about continually, and the wind returneth again according to his circuits. All the rivers went, run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. Unto the place from whence the rivers come, thither they return again. All things are full of labor. Man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. The thing that has been, it has that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. Is there anything whereof it may be said, see, this is new. It has been already of old time, which was before us. There's no remembrance of former things Neither shall there be any remembrance of things that are to come with those that shall come after. Amen. Let us pray to the Lord. Amen. Jesus, we worship you, Lord. We thank you for this word that you are giving us tonight, Lord God. Jesus, you are at the center of it all, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, Father God, when we remain in you, your joy remains in us. And uh, we just love you, Lord. And we need to hear from you tonight, Lord God. Whatever you want to do, God, whatever you decide to do, Lord Jesus, you take over, Lord God. Hide my flesh behind the cross, Lord Jesus, and have front and center stage, Lord. It is all about you, Lord. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your healing power. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are King of kings and Lord of lords, Lord God. Lord Jesus, we are here because of you, Lord Jesus. Show us, Lord. Lord God, what it is that you need us to see, Lord God. Purify our hearts, cleanse us, Lord God. And Lord Jesus, give us that joy, Lord God, that your word tells us about, Lord God. Lord Jesus, may everyone that is in here tonight and listening online, Lord God, be fed through your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Amen, amen, amen. I'm so grateful for Sister Tryon singing uh, that last song. I feel the joy of the Lord falling fresh on me because the title of tonight's message is The Thief of Joy, The Thieves of Joy. And the Lord has been talking to me about joy for the last few months. And I'm just so grateful that, you know, he always knows how to align things just right. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And so... With Ecclesiastes, here we have 
King Solomon, the wisest and richest king that ever lived, and yet even he was unsatisfied in a sense. He could not find joy in all his riches, his wisdom, or his 700 wives. <laughs> he knew the only joy that was sustainable was that of the Lord. He was given the opportunity to see and understand far beyond what the average person could understand. And so the amplified version of vanity is explained like this. All that is done without God's guidance is vanity. It's futile. It's meaningless. It's a wisp of smoke, a vapor that vanishes, merely chasing the wind. It's empty. It's nothingness. There's arrogance and haughtiness in any vain thing because it's contrary to God. It's not talking about looks here. It's talking rather where man is seeking joy and satisfaction. And so the question is, where are we seeking our joy and our satisfaction tonight? Are we seeking our joy and satisfaction in the Lord? Amen. And I also want to give thanks to Pastor Brown for this opportunity. I should have said that before. Thank you. And to Bishop Tryon and to my husband who's back there feeding our son. I thank you for your support. I love you and I appreciate you so much. <laughs> so where is our joy? Where are we finding joy? Where are we seeking our joy? Regardless of what we do in this life to find joy other than Jesus, we are but dust here for a moment and gone the next. The earth will still be here when we are gone. How are we spending our time? We as human beings are always in search of something. We are never satisfied. But when you have Jesus, he can satisfy every desire of your heart. And so the question we need to ask ourselves is, when will Jesus be enough? Solomon says, and I set my mind to know practical wisdom and to discern the character of madness and folly in which men seem to find satisfaction. I realize that this too is a futile grasping and a chasing after the wind. What this world has to offer is meaningless. Men have gone mad to hold on to things, whether material, financial, or positional. They've gone mad seeking joy in temporal things. And so for the last few months, he's been speaking into my heart, the Lord, the essence of joy and the thieves of joy. The word essence in Hebrew is devar or devar. It is a sense of being or existence. The book of Devarim or Deuteronomy means words. It can also mean things or essences. And so what is the essence of our joy? Is our joy in things of this world or in the creator? And so one of the main themes of Deuteronomy was the law and the existence of God. Scriptures like you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. When Moses tells the Israelites, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live and your descendants by loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice, and by holding fast to him. For this is your life and the length of your days 
that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. And so Moses was given Israel his final words of wisdom and warning before they entered the promised land. And in this day and hour, the Lord is giving us his final words of wisdom before he comes for his church. These people knew how to worship everything from statues to suns and moons and stars. They knew how to worship everything but God. And so his words were a challenge to love God with all of their hearts, all of their soul, and all of their minds. No substitutes, no idols, just God and God alone. And this challenge is for us as his church as well. What are we choosing today as God's people? Are we choosing life or are we choosing death? Are there substitutes on our quest to finding joy? Are we looking for joy in all the wrong places? There's a song that says, looking for love in all the wrong places, but are we looking for joy? Because <laughs> God is love. What are you seeking for joy? Where are you going for that? <laughs> the joy of the Lord cannot be substituted for things this world can offer because eventually it will cause dissatisfaction and perish away. And so happiness and joy are not the same thing. Happiness is but for a moment in time, but unending joy when storms and trials come our way is what will sustain God's people. It is where faith arises. And where our faith is tested, there joy will be also. If you are being tested, joy will come out of this. It causes us to be firm and unwavering in our relationship with Jesus. Hallelujah. This is true joy. True joy is our response when we feel threatened and it drives us deeper with Jesus. True joy causes us not to give up or give in or be swept away by adversity, but rather it causes us to rejoice in the Lord always. Hallelujah. Can we do that right now? Can we take a moment to rejoice in the Lord? Thank you, Lord. Our joy is in you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. You are our strength, Lord, our song. You are our joy, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for your joy, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you that you sustain us, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, that we can count on you, Lord God, when storms come. Thank you, Jesus, that you are there when we need you. In every minute, every hour, Lord Jesus, every season, every situation, Lord, we thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And so the deeper our faith grows, the stronger our joy is. Amen. And this, in turn, causes the Lord to rejoice over us. It was James that put it this way. My brethren, brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Wanting nothing. Wanting nothing but God not wanting financial gain, not wanting position or material things, not wanting anything that is contrary to who God is. And so joy, joy is a fruit of God's spirit. And we, when we are in Jesus, we can be sure his joy is in us when we are abiding in him. If we are looking to anything other than what God offers, we can be sure discontentment will happen Depression will happen, 
Addiction will happen. Fear can happen. Amen. And um, I just want to take a little commercial break as we (laughs) talk a little bit about addiction. Where there's addiction, there's also depression. Because you can't be addicted to something unless something mental is happening up here. And I can testify to that because before I found the Lord, the Lord found me. (laughs) He found me. Thank you, Jesus. He pulled me out of the miry clay, not myself. Amen. Before he found me, B.C., before Christ, I was addicted to marijuana. And And I remember, and this is my truth, this is my testimony, this is before Christ, I would have a joint or whatever they call it now because it's been a a while, (laughs) for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I could not go through life without getting high but I am thankful that I am now high on Jesus. And I know that is so cliche, but it is the truth. It is my truth, amen? It is the the Lord's truth in me, amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And the reason why I would do that was because I had depression, and I didn't know how to deal with life. I didn't have Jesus in my life at that time. There were so many things going on that I didn't know what else to do but other than to numb, numb the pain. And so where there's addiction, there's depression. And where there, there's depression, there's, we're not abiding in the Lord. Amen? There's different types of depression. Now, I, do, I do want to say that I just had a baby almost four months ago, and there are postpartum depression and things like that. And, you know, those things are chemical. But um, I just wanted to add that in there. And so everything and anything unholy in the eyes of God can happen when we're not abiding in him. Amen? However, we can also take heart that Jesus has overcome whatever is in the way of joy living in us. Amen? Nothing can separate us from his love when we are abiding in him. And so joy is not based on our circumstances. It is not based on a feeling. It is not based on where we are at the moment, but joy is unending. It is forever because joy is Jesus. Amen? And so tonight we're going to talk about what can be hindrances to joy. What is joy and what joy is not? Joy is not a new car. Joy is not buying a house. Joy is not a husband or a wife. Joy is not money in the bank. They say if we look at someone's bank statement, it says a lot about a person. So wherever your treasure is, their desires of your heart will be also. Not even good health brings us joy. We can't hold on to our health. I mean, eventually something's going to happen. We all perish, right? So we can't even hold on to that. Even that is fleeting. Because our bodies waste away, but Paul said it best in 2 Corinthians 4.16. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Hallelujah. We are renewed day by day when we allow Jesus to be the source of our joy. No joy is not my children. It's not a 
dream vacation or a degree. Joy is not expensive new clothes or shoes. And joy is not my cat or dog or pet for that matter. And uh, I actually gave um, Brother Sam, who's not here tonight, I want to thank Brother Jorge, who's taken over for him. (laughs) I did send him a picture, and you can put that picture up, Brother, if you can, please. We'll give Brother Jorge a second there. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Those are my cats. (laughs) Those are my pets. And Bob is the fluffy, fat one right there. Now, I know for all you people who don't like cats, you're hating this picture right now, but I love cats, so you'll just have to deal with it for the moment, okay? (laughs) So that's my Bob. I've had Bob since before I was married to my husband, and Bob is my buddy. I love my Bob. I got Bob around the time that my dad passed away, and Bob at that time was someone, someone, like he's a person, right? He's just, he was just a cat that brought me so much happiness at that time. I, you know, he always cuddled with me, and now, you know, my husband and him are actually fighting over the sheets now because Bob still wants to cuddle, but what can you do? <laughs> um, but Bob, as much as I love Bob, and he is my cat, my husband knows that, you know, the other day we thought we ran over Bob, right? So... <laughs> There was a, a groundhog um, in our driveway, and we were driving to church on Sunday. Mind you, this almost put a whole halt, right? Because I thought it was my cat dead in the driveway. My, we heard a boom, boom, you know, when we were backing out, and I saw something black <laughs> in the rear view. So I, I start crying, and I'm like, Bob, Bob, no, Bob, you know? And But, you know, thank God my husband turned around, and it was a groundhog. So it wasn't Bob. Thank you, Jesus. But Bob, you know, he makes me happy, but Bob cannot heal me. Bob cannot give me sustaining joy. Bob cannot deliver me. Bob cannot, Bob will perish away. He's temporal. But, you know, we, we find our joy in our pets. But, again, that's not where our joy lies. And so I thought I'd, you know, lighten the mood a little bit and show you a picture of my cat. I know the cat people can appreciate this. But, you know, don't worry about those other people that don't like cats. It's okay. <laughs> All right. So joy is not the favor of people it's, or a position or a job because the opinions of people are ever changing. And Psalm 118.8 says, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Amen? So joy is not a great dinner. It's not a dessert or a snack. Once eaten and consumed, the craving is gone. And I know I, I love food. I, you know, I can go from eating a big healthy salad to eating a big steak. You know, you put it in front of me, I'm, I'm going to eat it, okay? But you know, again, that is fleeting. It's, it, it, it helps the craving for the moment, but then you're hungry again, right? And so joy is not a, a new song we love, and then it gets old and played out after a while. It's, you know, all of this is fleeting. It's temporal satisfaction. And in the moment, they bring temporary happiness, but once the feeling is gone, we move on to the next best thing. And that can happen with anything. It can happen with relationships it can happen with jobs it can happen you know you get tired of living in the place you you're living in you're going to move on to something else right however jesus is permanent 
he cannot be consumed because he himself is all consuming. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God, and anything standing in the way of his joy living inside of us will be consumed. So are we wholly dependent on God for joy? Are we looking to Jesus for joy? You cannot come to a place of joy without repentance, without a prayer life. An unrepented heart and a skimpy, a skimpy prayer life is a thief of joy. And without repentance, the truth of the gospel will not be able to do its perfect work. Have we died to ourselves, our appetites, our will, our human understanding of joy? The most saddest people in the world are those who have not come to a place of true repentance. They still don't realize their need for the Savior. They seek substitutes for true joy. They seek substitutes for Jesus. They still don't know the life-saving power of Acts 2.38. The only way to be baptized, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. And so joy is only truly obtainable by the power of the Holy Ghost. Joy is only truly obtainable by the power of the Holy Ghost. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you can get it tonight. If you're watching online, you can get it in your home. Amen. Hallelujah. If you want the Holy Ghost, see one of us. We can help you get it. Hallelujah. Repent. Ask God to fill you. It's easier than what some make it seem. Just give your heart to God. Give up those desires. Seek him. Give it to him. Amen? Hallelujah. God wants to restore you, and he wants to fill you with his spirit. And so daily repentance still applies to those in the church as well. Are you not experiencing joy the way that you ought to? And it's t so it's time to do a heart check. If you're not experiencing joy, it's time to do a heart check. Hallelujah. Bring it to Jesus and let him restore you. Repentance, it requires mourning. And the biblical meaning of mourning is an act of reflection, cleansing, healing, expression. It allows us to reflect the image of God out of a pure and redeemed heart. Sin keeps the unredeemed unrepented heart to desire things that are contrary to God. I'm going to say that again. It is sin that keeps the unredeemed, unrepented heart to desire things that are contrary to God. To desire temporal things we think will bring us joy. We can't get to a place of having a pure heart before the Lord until we have been broken and have mourned our sin. And even when we progress spiritually, and have reached a higher dimension in relationship with Jesus, he will sometimes cause us to go back to that thing because there are still stones there. We are being purified, we're being tried and tested, and there are hindrances that prevent us from moving further into relationship with him, to finding true and lasting joy in him. Hallelujah. And so we have to cultivate joy. 
that word cultivate, I think of a farmer, you know, that's a good example, a farmer that's, you know, he's got his uh, tools and he's plowing the ground and he's getting all those nasty roots out. That's the same thing we need to allow Jesus to do, to cultivate our hearts, take out anything in there that's not from him, take out any idols, any high places, anything that is taking place of him. Amen? Hallelujah. So we need to allow Jesus to prepare the soil of our hearts, allow him to dig deep into those tough roots that prevent faith and joy from growing. Amen. And so we must mature in our walk with Jesus. We have to go from milk to meat. And sometimes this can be overnight or it can take months or years. It takes a lifetime because we're not perfected till the day of his coming, but we can strive, amen? Hallelujah. So are we feeding ourselves daily with his word, staying in unceasing prayer? And it doesn't have to be fancy or long or, you know, it doesn't have to be thou God, thou art great. You know, it can, Jesus, I need you today. Lord, this is my problem. This is what's going on. Lord, who do you need me to pray for today? God, I worship. You know, it doesn't need to be this big fancy thing. And I think some people are intimidated by prayer because they think that it has to be a certain way. We just come with a pure heart before the Lord, a, a repentant heart, and we bring it to him. Amen. Hallelujah. So just being consistent. Start there. Just stay consistent. Five minutes a day. Five minutes turns to 10 minutes a day. 10 minutes turns to 15. 15 minutes turns to however the Holy Spirit wants to capture you at that moment. Let him lead you. Amen. So consistently biting in the lover of our soul. Consistency. He loves us so much. He wants to live inside of all of us. He wants joy to remain in us no matter what comes our way. Hallelujah. He knows your life. He knows that this walk is not easy. And he wants to restore your joy tonight. Amen. When we have the Holy Ghost, we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Because greater is he that is in you, that is in me, than he that is in the world. And so there are still parts of us that need healing. Where healing has not taken place, we are more apt to act out in the flesh in those areas instead of walking in the fruit of the spirit, being love, patient, kindness, meekness, self-control, temperance, joy, Anything that has been bottled up and not released to God becomes poison. Poison to our soul and poison in our relationship with Jesus. And Psalm 32, 3 to 5 says, When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away. Why did his body waste away? Because it stressed him out. It eats you from the inside out. It eats your mind. It eats the way you function. It eats the way you interact with people. He goes on to say, through my groaning all the day long, for day and night, your hand of displeasure 
was heavy upon me. My energy, and this is the amplified version, vitality, strength was drained away as with the burning heat of summer. Sila, I acknowledged my sin to you and I did not hide my wickedness. I said, I will confess all my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Selah, amen. When we confess our sins to the Lord, we can experience joy and joy will remain in you. Hallelujah. So what is another thief of joy? Pride. Pride is a joy killer. No, joy is not about the pride of life, but to realize our need for the Savior, to be void of spiritual arrogance, and to know just how insignificant we really are, that we are bankrupt without Jesus. Pride can come in different forms, not just an exaltation of ourselves or oneself or our spiritual life, or, you know, I'm high and mighty. It, it can come in different forms. It can also come in the form of lack of self-esteem. When we don't see ourselves as good enough or being enough, and I've struggled with this. I think we have all struggled with this at one point or another. Either it was just something that was embedded in us as a kid. Someone just made us not feel good enough, and unfortunately that stronghold just takes root, and it, it, it travels with you through life if you don't give it to God. Amen. When we critique ourselves or others harshly, it is contrary to who God says we are. We are blood-bought, we are children by adoption. Amen. And if we who are born again are adopted into the kingdom of heaven are enough for God to use, then we ourselves should humbly see that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God who created us. Amen. This is different from being conceited, but instead it's a godly confidence. The Bible tells us to walk worthy in our callings, meaning in confidence. We don't need to be intimidated by anything or anyone. We don't need to fear because God is with us, and perfect love casteth out fear. Amen? So other hindrances of keeping joy in our heart is condemnation. This has been a struggle of mine, and I'm just being transparent I, you know, things don't just happen overnight in this walk. God has to continually work things out of you. And condemnation is one of those things for me. I have a hard time forgiving myself. I have a hard time forgiving myself for, you know, I, I don't know, I, I scratched the baby or something, and then I'm crying like three days later about the scratch, you know? So <laughs> it, it, just, it just happens, you know? We, we have to learn and you know, uh, to forgive ourselves, and we also need to learn to forgive others, right? Amen. And so when this happens, it becomes a cycle because it hinders our self-esteem. It, it's just, it goes from one thing to the next, from condemnation to low self-esteem, from low self-esteem to pride, because again, I'm lacking and I'm not seeing myself as God sees me. It's just a merry-go-round. It's just a mess, and so the Lord reminded me these are imaginations that exalt themselves against his knowledge and what he speaks over me. Those who are living in shame and guilt over past failures, we are needlessly condemning ourselves and we ought to be forgetting what is behind and straining forward for what is ahead. Amen. We got something great to look forward to. We don't need to look to the past anymore. 
Amen. Hallelujah. So now there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. You are free from guilt and shame. We are free from guilt and shame. Hallelujah. You can say that now. I'm free. I'm free from guilt and shame. Don't be ashamed to say it. I'm free from that. He who the Son has set free is free indeed. You can say it. Shout it to the rooftops. Come on now. You got the joy of the Lord. Is he living inside of you? Amen. Hallelujah. It's all been washed under the blood of Jesus. Period. End of story. That's it. Whether it's you condemning yourselves or others who are condemning you. You don't live back there anymore. You are not Lot's wife. You don't got to keep looking back. You don't want to turn into a pillar of salt. You don't want to turn into anything that God can't use. Look forward. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's take back our joy tonight. Amen. Let's not let our thoughts have power over our joy. Let's not let condemnation have power over our joy. Let's not let others rent space in our heads over our joy. Amen? Bring every thought captive into the obedience of Jesus Christ. Amen? Focus on what God says about you, not what your past says about you, not where so-and-so says about you, but what God says about you. His words matter. Wash yourself daily with his word. Let that be imprinted on your heart. Put it on your mirror. Play it on your your phone, on your way to work. Uh, Whatever you need to do to get it in there, just do it. But now this is what the Lord, your creator, says. Oh, Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by my name. You are mine. You are his. You belong to the Lord. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost, again, you can get it tonight. Amen? To hunger and thirst after righteousness is to hunger and thirst for God and the things of God. And not anything that this world offers. We don't seek fulfillment, enjoyment, or satisfaction from worldly aspects or possessions. Is the wrong entertainment stealing our joy? Is social media stealing our joy? You know, we compare ourselves too much. You get on that Facebook and you start looking at other people's pages and you it looks like they're living a wonderful life. But everyone has problems. Everyone goes through things. You are not alone. Amen? Is busyness stealing our joy? Are we too busy to enjoy God? To abide in Jesus every day is essential to, essential to our spiritual survival. He is the main source that should be feeding us. Jesus is the source of our joy. He is the source of our strength. And so we must keep our minds on him daily, minute by minute, hour by hour, always with a heart of repentance, submitting every fiber of our being unto the Savior, our spirit, our soul, our body, our flesh, our eyes, our ears, our nose, our mouth, our hands, our feet, our thoughts, everything, everything has to be submitted to him. Everything, every chamber of our heart, every hidden sin, everything has to come to him. And so where emotions are leading, there is lack of submission in that area, and the will of God is compromised. 
So the pur- purification of our heart is implanted by the Holy Spirit, but it is our responsibility to keep it healthy. He gives us his spirit, but we have to do some work too. We got to read daily. We got to come to him daily. We got to pray without ceasing. We have to pray for our brothers and sisters. Uh, you, we have to, you know, uh, help others. We uh, walk this walk. We can't just talk it. We got to walk it. Amen. So in the same way we eat things that can clog our arteries and give us all kinds of heart issues, in the same way, whatever we are feeding on daily, whatever we are letting into the windows of our spirit, our soul, and body can affect us spiritually and cause us from having joy in Jesus. If you don't have joy tonight, do a heart check. Amen? What are offenses to God? What can stifle his joy in us? Our joy in him complaining, backbiting, cursing, lying, and I'm not saying any of you are doing this, but these are things that can stop his joy. Because if you're cursing, if you're lying, if you're accusing, if you're living an unholy life, there's no way you have joy. Because joy joy doesn't react like that. That's not joy. Proverbs 10:19 says when there are many words transgress excuse me, transgression and of- offenses are unavoidable. But he who controls his lips and keeps thoughtful silence is wise. Uh, God is working on me on that, just to keep thoughtful silence. Lord, thoughtful silence, Jesus. It is wise. Amen. Do not complain against one another, believers, so that you will not be judged for it. Look, the judge is standing right at the door. If there... Be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies fulfill ye my joy, that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. God is not a respecter of persons. There's not one person here who is more important than the other. We all belong to the body of Christ. We all have a purpose. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And so what is God's joy? That we would be like-minded. It says it right there. Amen. Fulfill ye my joy that you would be like-minded. That is God's joy when we are in unity, when we are like-minded. And so Philippians 2, verses 1 through 4, in the MSG version, I just thought it was, you know, I sometimes it just puts it to you very real. So I'm going to give it to you because it kind of speaks our language in this day. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Do Jesus a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Deep-spirited friends. Not fake. Not anything other than godly friends. The Lord will show you. If you don't know how to be a friend, open your Bible. The Lord is a friend to us. He'll show you the way. He'll teach you how to be a friend. Amen? It says, don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. God knows the intentions of our hearts. We can't sweet talk our way to him. He knows everything that's going on in there. It says, uh, put yourself aside and help others get ahead. 
Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Amen. And so the truth is being a peacemaker is not always going to be easy. You know, some of us are cut from a different cloth. We come from different backgrounds. We come from different countries. We come from different educational backgrounds. You know, uh, we have all, we all have a story and we're not all going to, you know, like the same things, but God wants us to be like-minded in him, in his spirit. Amen. And so uh, Philippians 4, 2 to 5, Philippians 4, 2 to 5, <clears throat> and I have it in the amplified version, but you can read it in whatever version helps you to understand the word of God. Amen. It says, I urge, and I promise you I memorized these names, and now I forgot. <laughs> I beseech Iodius and Syntyche. Okay, well, these two ladies, he beseeched both of them, right? So <laughs> to agree and to work in harmony in the Lord. Indeed, I ask you too, my true companion, to help these women, to keep on cooperating, for they have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight. Take pleasure in him. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit, your graciousness, unselfishness, mercy, tolerance, and patience be known to all people. And what does he tell them? As much as he loves them, we, we have to tell people, our friends, the truth. The Lord is near. Cut it out. The Lord is near. So disunity is the number one killer of joy. That's where the enemy likes to lurk the most. He does not want to see a united church front. He doesn't want to see united families, united husband and wives. He doesn't want to see united friends. This unity is also where our flesh can get the best of us. Whether it be in the church, in our relationships with family, friendships, or marriage, it is a destroyer of joy. And so these two women who were a vital part in the mission of the gospel were ruining it for everyone else. So much so that Paul had to call them out on it. He reminded them, rejoice. He reminded them of what they have in common. Think on that. Rejoice in the Lord always. He gives them words to focus on maintaining peace. Let your gentle spirit be known to all people. This showed partiality between the two. They were crude to each other, but gracious to everyone else. They chose who got to see their gentle spirit, when to switch it on and when to switch it off. But if we are constantly letting the Holy Spirit have reign in our hearts, this would not have been. Amen. He gives them a warning and pretty much all we need to hear. The Lord is near. Paul saw the good in these two women. He treated them with respect and gave them the benefit of the doubt. The Greek meaning of you. Oh, here we go again. Who knows, who knows how to say this word? Help me out here. Yodia? That's what it's going to be tonight. Kind of, kind of sounds like yodeling, but we're just going to say Yodia. Yodia. Yodia, right? Okay. <laughs> it means, in the Greek, it means a sweet fragrance, which means this is a woman of prayer. Amen. Her name also means a prosperous journey. 
Amen. This lady was a woman of purpose. Everything she did, it prospered. Hallelujah. Sintiki as well. She was a favored woman because her name means fortunate in Greek. God favored her. However, I've also seen in other meetings that Sintiki means that speaks or discourse. She was a speaker or she did well in her communication of the gospel. Maybe a teacher, maybe, you know, she traveled along and, and did speeches or whatever the case may be. So what can we take from this? So what can also, what we can also take from this is this woman was a debater, another meaning of her name. Paul could have said their conflict was making them useless to the kingdom of God, but instead he decided to use words that would help them strive together towards peace and reconciliation. Paul knew there's no joy in conflict. It affects all of our other relationships and how we relate to the body of Christ. Amen. And so can you imagine how awkward it must have been for the rest of the others while these two women bickered towards one another? Amen. And not wanting to have to choose sides because both of these women were loved and they both had purpose. Amen. And so Paul saw the potential outcome of this division and disunity. So he urged the women to come together. He urged others to help them to do so. Disunity ruins trust. It disturbs our peace. It robs us of our joy and kills our unity. Just because we choose to love, to, just because we choose to leave to another church does not mean we are not responsible for being reconciled to our brothers and sisters. We are all one body. Moving to another church is not going to fix the problem. We are not separate churches we're all one body of christ amen we all have the same purpose the same goal we all serve the same god the same spirit hallelujah amen so if yodia and sintiki decided to part ways their discontentment disunity and bitterness would have trickled into other missions other groups of disciples that were working to spread the good news they would have stolen the joy this is, I'm so sorry. Yes. I did give it in the beginning. Thank you, Sister Ellen. Philippians 4, verses 2 to 5. You're welcome. Amen. And so keeping peace takes boldness. Loving truth and facing situations head on, it takes boldness. Being a peacemaker does not equal avoidance. It equals facing things head on. And so Paul knew that it had to be nipped. Paul urges them to rejoice in the Lord. When we repent of our sin and selfishness that has contributed to conflict, when we own up to our own mistakes and how we have caused pain, his humble admission and, repent, humble admission and repentance leads to joy in Christ. Amen. Paul urges them to seek peace through prayer because anxiety opposes the peace that comes from God. Our hearts are anxious when we are worried about the outcome of conflicts or the response of others. Instead, let us repent of our sin, thanking God for his forgiveness and make our requests, requests known to God, trusting that he hears us. Praying with a humble heart and seeking God not only frees us from our anxiety, but it also gives us grace to move forward in forgiveness and reconcil reconciliation. Amen. Amen. Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7, it says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ. Amen. 
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And that was the reason for verses 6 to 7. He was telling these women, pray. Pray through it. Amen? Because of the disunity of the church there. Bring it all to prayer. Let God know the issue and make your request known to him. Then you will have peace and joy. And I'm not talking about this church, but I'm talking about it in general, in any church, in any relationship, in, any, 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 in, in your job. Is, is there disunity? Is there anything going on that is causing you from having that joy? Amen. Is there a relationship that needs to be mended? Is there forgiveness that needs to be sought or given? Amen. Jesus, the offended one, he was the offended one. He paid the price of forgiveness so we can be reconciled to him. When we feel offended, we just think on Jesus. He was the offended one. Amen. He endured the cross, not us. Come on now. Amen. So unforgiveness steals joy. Our flesh cannot experience joy because joy is of the spirit. And if you are sowing anything that indulges the flesh, then you cannot obtain joy. If you're indulging your flesh, you're not going to feel that joy. The Lord is a spirit and he deals with spiritual matters. Amen. You're wondering why you don't have joy? Seek the Lord. Amen. Ask him, Lord, what is it that's in my heart, God, that's preventing me from feeling this, Lord? I should, I'm, I've been serving you, Lord. I should be feeling this in my heart. Well, we shouldn't feel it because you know what? It's there. It isn't a feeling. Lord, forgive me. It's not a feeling. It's a fact. It's a fact. When we have Jesus, it's just there. He's there. Amen. So Philippians 2.2 says, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, having the same love toward one another, knit together in spirit. Intent on one purpose and living a life that reflects your faith and spreads the gospel, the good news regarding salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Our joy is complete when we are of the same mind. It says, make my joy complete. That's what the Lord said. Are we making the, joy, the Lord's joy complete? Having the same love towards one another excuse me, it's interesting how Paul stated that the same love toward one, he stated the same love towards one another, the same love, not a different love. We can't love brother so-and-so more than we love this other brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so more than we love the other sister so-and-so. There's no partiality. God doesn't like that. We are to treat everyone the same. Amen? And so having the same love is to be knit together in the spirit of God with the same purpose in one mind and one accord. And so we won't have joy if we are not of the same mind. If we, as the people of God, are not loving each other according to, to Paul, then our joy isn't complete. We are missing out. The love has to be the same. We all need to feel accepted. We all need to feel loved. We all need to feel included. And sometimes it's hard because there are some people that are truly hard to love, but we got to take that to the Lord. Lord, help me to love when it's hard. Help me to hold my tongue when it's hard, Lord. Help me to see this person the way I need to see them, Lord Jesus, because there's a reason behind everything why people act and behave the way that they do. You know, it may not even be you. It could be their childhood. It could be, you know, their homes. It could be their kids are getting on their nerves that day. You know, just let's give people the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> and so God is not a respecter of persons again. The church has to be in agreement. We have to be in agreement with one another. Amen. 
And I'm sorry, pastor. I'm not trying to pastor. I'm just, you know, this is what God gave me. So if I'm pushing, I'm sorry. You can correct me. And so 1 Corinthians says, uh, verses 1, t- uh, excuse me, 1 Corinthians verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 10 says, But I urge you, believers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in full agreement what you say, and that there be no divisions or factions among you, but that you be perfectly united in your way of thinking and in your way of judgment about matters of the faith. Matters of the faith. That is our goal. Matters of the faith. What are the matters of the faith? Amen. That is where we need to be in one mind in matters of the faith. And when we are in one mind in matters of the faith, everything else will fall in line. Hallelujah. And and so I can imagine why Paul would say, make my joy complete by being of the same mind. You can't have joy if there's division. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I didn't realize I wrote so much on this. But thank you, Jesus. It is you, Lord. (laughs) I'm going to move on from that. Amen. And so, let's go to Philippians 1, verses 15 through 18. Philippians 1, verses 15 through 18, and I'll be wrapping up in a little bit. Amen. It says, some, it is true, are actually preaching Christ out of envy and rivalry toward me for no better reason than a competitive spirit or misguided ambition, but others out of goodwill and a loyal spirit toward me. The latter preach Christ out of love because they know that I have been put here by God on purpose for the defense of the gospel. Amen. But the former preach Christ insincerely out of selfish ambition, just self-promotion, thinking that they are causing me distress in my imprisonment. What then does it matter? So long as in every way, whether in pretense for self-promotion or in all honesty to spread the truth, Christ is being preached. And this I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. Amen. So Paul did not let the motives of others diminish his joy. Some people were preaching the gospel out of competition, others out of selfish ambition or self-promotion, thinking it would cause Paul to be distressed. However, this did not have control over the joy Paul had because either way, the gospel was being preached. That is our goal, the gospel to be preached. So what? If somebody wants to be competitive, God is going to deal with that person. The work of the Lord is still being done. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Paul's joy was not based on the attitudes of others or the circumstances he faced. He said, in everything, I will be content. Content means to be in a state of peaceful. It means to have joy, to be less bitter. Other words are cheery, to be glad, to be fulfilled, untroubled, unbothered. Amen? I want to be content in everything. I want to be content with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I want to be content in my marriage and my workplace. I want to be content with my kids when they drive me crazy. I want to be content. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord will always use evil for good, and such was the case of Paul's imprisonment. This can also correlate to Joseph in prison. The Lord used his distress for good. And so many times in the Bible, the Lord uses distress for good. So if you find yourself in a problematic situation and you lack joy, you can be sure in one way, shape, or form that the Lord will use it for good when we are abiding in him. Abiding. Amen. Philippians chapter 1, verse 14. And I'm sorry, Sister Ellen, if I'm speaking too fast for you. 
Because of my chain seeing that I am doing well and that God is accomplish accomplishing great things, most of the brothers have renewed confidence in the Lord. His imprisonment renewed the confidence of his brothers. Amen. <clears throat> and have far more courage, cor courage to speak the word of God concerning salvation without fear of the consequences, seeing that God can work his good in all circumstances. Even though Paul was in prison, he still had joy. He still comforted others. He still was on his mission. His chains were a testimony to others. His chains renewed the strength of his brothers. He still managed to bring joy to others under these circumstances. Amen. So the exaltation of the Lord is our strength. Rejoicing in the Lord is our strength. We triumph when we joy in the Lord. Amen. Amen. When we're complaining, when we have a complaining spirit, when we feel sad, when we feel angry, when we're shutting down, praise through the sadness. Amen. Continue to praise, continue to pray until the Lord gives you that deliverance that you need in your heart. Amen. How we react and what we say, it matters. Our words, our praise, it steers the course of our situations, amen? Are we complaining more than we are rejoicing? Are we gossiping more than we are praying for our brothers and sisters? Are we spewing out venom rather than rivers of living water? Have we stopped to hear the words that are coming out of our mouths? Do we think about what we are going to say before we say them? We cannot be impulsive with our words. We can say things without careful thought. And the Bible tells us to be quick to hear and slow to speak. Oftentimes we only speak and not truly listen. Have you ever been on, um, uh, what's that word I'm looking for, where you're just, you know, when you get from one place to another, you don't even realize how you got there. It just, just happens. You're on autopilot. There you go, autopilot. <laughs> we can get like that with our words, right? When somebody's talking to us, you're like, uh-huh, oh, okay, you know? And you kind of just tune them out because you're, you're lost in thought somewhere else, right? So sometimes, you know, we, we only hear to speak and not truly listen. Amen. So our discernment can be thrown off when we are not taking the time to think about the principality behind the matter. Are our words hurting or are they strengthening? Even when we complain about our own life, others are watching. This can be a stumbling block for them. This can steal their joy. When you're constantly complaining and, you know, here, it just, uh, it can throw people off and it, it, it changes their mood, right? And complaining steals our joy. Complaining is a way to communicate dissatisfaction. When we complain, it's saying, God, this is not good enough. We are saying, God, I know better. God, my way is best. We are not letting God reign even in the things we like least. Amen. <laughs> so we must guard our hearts and take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Amen. Let allow the Lord to take our tongues captive. Amen. Hallelujah. And so I'm going to ask Sister Tryon to close us out in a song. And um, Pastor Brown, if you can close us out in prayer as I wrap this up. Joy is our hope. It is about our hope. It is our salvation. It is about our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, the everlasting father, our prince of peace. He is joy to the world. It's not just a Christmas song, but it is truth. It is just not something that we sing once a year during a, a season. 
He is the truth always. He is joy always. We can, be, we can sing joy to the world every month if we want to because he is our joy. He is our sustainer. Amen? Jesus could have chosen personal happiness instead of joy beyond the cross. And it was Pastor Brown who put it so perfectly, what if he stopped at one stripe? That has stuck with me since Sunday. Amen? He could have complained the whole walk through the Via Della Rosa called the way of sorrow. But instead he saw beyond the way of sorrow. Amen? He saw you and he saw me and that brought him joy. He saw God. He saw himself living through us in joy. Amen? Jesus did it for the joy that was set before him. Jesus took back the keys of hell and he has given you authority to take back your joy. Amen? So looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. He despised the shame. He wasn't ashamed because he knew, I got this. I got the keys to hell, and I'm going to bring all of you some joy. Amen? And it is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So joy starts as a seed, one day at a time, a seed of faith that matures and it grows when we allow it to, when we are obedient to God's words. Where are we finding our joy? Amen? We don't want to be like the Israelites. Amen? We don't, he's already giving us those last warnings. Are there idols in our lives? Are there, is there any hindrances in our lives that are uh, stopping us from uh, having that joy that he promised us? It's a promise. Amen? Hold on to that promise. It's not over. If you've been walking with the Lord for a long time or if you just started walking with the Lord tonight, if you want to come and get the Holy Ghost at this altar, amen, you can have joy. Amen. When given enough time and attention, our faith will grow into something so unshakable that nothing will stand in the way of our joy in Jesus. And in turn, the King of Kings will be rejoicing over you. Amen. This altar is open. If you need a refreshing in the Lord tonight, if you want the Holy Ghost tonight, if you need joy, if you want joy, this altar is open. Bring it to Jesus. We can pray for each other. If there's something that is on your heart that is hindering you from having that joy, bring it to God. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Pastor Brown, for this opportunity. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I think we do need to go ahead. I know it's Wednesday night, but I think we need to take some time and come to the altar. Maybe we all stand to our feet. Let's spend some time reaching out to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. If you do need the Holy Ghost, uh, the Lord can give it to you tonight. If you just need to be refreshed in your joy, then the Lord can do that. As Sister Tryon leads us in this song, let's just worship together for a little bit. He that the Son is set free is free indeed. No more